think I should probably say it on the on the on the pod. So I am no longer I'm no longer with Hubba. Um, but uh, so yeah, I've had a few weeks to kind of figure out my uh, what's next, and um, excited for for the future and just kind of taking taking my time. Not really going to make any big decisions. I'm going to. Uh, you know, spend more time with my family for Christmas and just kind of, um, yeah, take an extended Christmas yeah. vacation. So, um, yeah. but anyway, it, so here's something that's been kind yeah. of, here's something I've been thinking a lot about though. And I feel like this could affect you also when we've talked about this before, how, when you, when you go work for a company, especially in the startup space or in tech, tech, especially, I wouldn't even want to say startups, it's more of a tech thing. Um, but you tend to just like jump right into that company. Like if I came to Sego, if you, if, if you had this amazing job and I went through the gambit of interviews and I got honored with a Sego, um, the kind of person I am is like, I would start wearing Sego shirts every day. <laughs> I would talk about how this is the best thing in the world. Like I'm just a, I'm a company you, you drink man. the Kool-Aid. I drink you the drink Kool-Aid. The Kool-Aid. And I, I voluntarily yeah, yeah. drink it and I become a company man. And I, I, I think there's, I, I love that. And I wouldn't change that no matter how hard it sucks when it's on the other end. And I'm mm. like, well, now what am I going to do with 27 Hubba t-shirts? Um, you know, it, um, it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have it any other way. It's like, yeah. I, I view, I view companies as like a marriage where I had offers from other people while I was at Hubba and I don't even go down the road because it's like cheating it's like to me that's the equivalent of meeting in a motel and like you know having extramarital sex that's not something that i'm interested in um so anyway we can talk about the whole marrying versus dating a company metaphor because i actually really think that's interesting because i think you anyway let's not go down that route at all here's what i want to ask you about Oh, sorry in, in that metaphor if you were to if you were to quit and take another opportunity what, what, what would that be? That's like be. getting a that that's like a divorce. Oh, that'll just be a, uh, okay, like an amicable amicable divorce. No, it doesn't have to. Be, your company might be really upset you're leaving. Um, you know, and then if you go to a competitor, that's like leaving your wife for like your best friend's sis, like you know for her like for her best friend or something. That's like if if someone on Google Maps goes to Apple Maps, that's like the ultimate betrayal. <laughs> um. There's a really rich set of metaphors here around um, around this because um, anyway, l- let's talk about that another day because I've got a really good story about about that. But anyway, so what happens is though when you work at a company, a lot of your portfolio, your personal portfolio, is wrapped up in the company. So there's a lot of amazing stuff I built at Hubba: software, uh, products, tools, things like that. I could talk about those if I were to go interview somewhere else, but they're, they're not, no, you're not going to be able to experience them the way you would if I like open source them or if I blogged about them in real time as I was building them or, or whatever. So it just got me thinking of my personal brand and it's, it's like, I've actually done a lot of really cool things. I've built some really cool stuff, but I don't talk about, that a lot other than maybe on this podcast is maybe when I open up a bit more about it, but I just wondered 
should I be talking about that stuff more so that when these situations come up, it's super easy for me to point to this body of work um, or is that like, I always feel like disingenuous. Like when I see these people on Hacker News or on, on Reddit or on other forums, just basically humble bragging about all this cool stuff they're doing. I, I have such a knee jerk reaction to that because it's, it just feels like bragging or it feels like, you know, where in, in some sense, it's really smart marketing on their part. If anything, you're, you're a lot better at that than like, say I am like, you're, you're pretty good about that. Like even like all your, um, medium articles, you always kind of shout out Hubba. That's probably because you're drinking the Kool-Aid. Uh, so you kind of weave in a narrative where they are kind of involved in that. Um, and yeah, even like when I was writing this, uh, the book stuff, you're like, oh, but it'd be really cool because you work at Sago and you do kid stuff. So it, it, it's a perfect like kind of marriage and you should like, um, when you're reaching out to like newspapers or whatever, like at that point, you should say that you're like this product guy at Sago and, you know, it just adds credibility to your voice. Um, but it, I guess it, it, to me, like the, the kind of, um, your, your personal brand goes both ways. Cause I, I do think like working at a place like Hubba or a place like Tilt adds to that brand as well Adds to the kind of power behind your name, the cachet behind, uh, what you're saying it adds credibility to that, right? Like if right. you, if you're some growth guy and you just are independent um, and you're saying like, hey, this is the way to do things, people might be like, oh, okay, that's interesting. But I don't know, is that actually a real thing? Have this been, has this been tried and tested? Has, you know, versus like you saying like, oh, this is some interesting things that we've done. Um but I worked at Hubba and people are like, oh, okay, I, I know Hubba or I know Tilt, I know, you know, whatever company and I can connect its success to maybe some of the work that you have done. Right. So, That's true. So like you don't even need to worry too much about your your portfolio because the the fact that you're at that company and then the number of years you're there, like that in, in itself is a proxy portfolio. Yeah, I, I would think so. But I think some people like are really good at the brand stuff, like kind of their own personal brand. Like there's this, um, there's this guy at Shopify, Brandon Chu. And I, I follow him on medium. He just talks about product stuff. He's like the, I, I don't know. I think he was like a product manager before. Um, but he writes a whole bunch of product management type articles and they're, 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 they're pretty good. Um, like managing product managers or managing products and stuff. And, you know, but he writes about a lot about this stuff and he kind of leverages his um, like, oh, you know, uh, I, I'm, I, I'm at Shopify or I'm at, I used to work at this company and this is how we would think about like product there um, and adds, you know, credibility to things. And I don't know if he's humble breaking. I don't know if he's just name dropping to add to his, his own kind of credibility and to kind of get more exposure. But he, he, you know, in some ways, like I'm envious. I see this. I'm like, hey, I should just be writing a whole bunch of articles on like product right. or something. Well, and and you and and you have a lot of interesting stuff to say. And it's like, now, part of me sees this podcast as our, like, a lot of times I, I kick myself for not writing more, and then I realize that a lot of the stuff I want to write about, we talk on the podcast, and I just am more comfortable talking. So, this to me is like writing in a way, and, um. 
And I feel like you can actually get more into our heads if you listen to this than if you read something that we wrote. So, but again, like if I'm out there, you know, in January looking for a job, I'm not going to expect my future boss to listen to, you know, (laughs) the 20 podcasts. Um, Even though like if they really wanted to get into my head and see if I'd be a good culture fit, that would absolutely be a great asset test is to listen to 10 episodes and be like, "Ah, do I want to, do I want this guy here or not? Like that would actually be either very good or very bad. Um, Okay. But hang on. But on that, on that thread though, like the, do you, okay. So let's say I, and I run into this a lot and when you're talking about, let's say you were going to write an article about um, designing for kids, which I feel like you are very uniquely qualified to write about. You're probably one of a thousand people in the world. I'm going to guess maybe. I don't know. If, sure. It's, it's not, not a lot. Like there are, there are, there are not a lot of people who I would say are like more qualified than you to write about that. So let's say you start writing about that. You have to humble brag or you have to brag a little bit or you have to at least drop the success of some of your games or the 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 pedigree or else it just doesn't add any credibility to your arguments for people who don't know sago so and i think that but but you but you called it out too so when you read brandon's article and you said like i feel maybe like he's he's name dropping shopify here or maybe he worked at google or whatever and he's like i think that he's probably not bragging. Like he probably just needs to reference those things in order to make his point stronger in order to make his, um, like what I realize is when I talk about tilt, a lot of times I'll talk about Andreessen Horowitz. And sometimes mm-hmm. in my head, I'll be like, am I just dropping that because they're this super powerful VC? And it's like, no, there's actually context here because their investment strategy is totally different than Sequoia or totally different than, Y Combinator. So it it's material to the conversation that Andreessen Horowitz was our lead investor instead of some billionaire from Saudi Arabia. Um, like that actually has meaning in this conversation the same way that if, if you were to say, when I was at EA, we did things like this, but now I'm at Sego, we do things like this. Like, so I guess the question is like, why don't you talk about that stuff? Because I feel like it would make very good financial and it would it would future proof you in a way. Like so why why don't you talk about that stuff? I'm just not good at that, man. I I feel uncom- I feel just so uncomfortable. Uncomfortable about like, what though? Like just the like name dropping or bragging. I, I don't know, like in, in your example even if like you're talking about Andreas Horowitz, like I probably wouldn't even have name drop that i would just say like yeah we're tilt and we were kind of vc backed and um yeah it was it was pretty good like we had good run at it but that's just kind of how i am and i i don't i think that that's detrimental i don't think it's good i don't think i'm not saying this as like it, it's it's a good thing to be to be this way i but feel like the world like a key to, could it be a key to part like to some of your success though maybe, but I, I feel like in the world that we live now, I think it's all about personal brands. You know, so like, 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 like w- w- why, um, 
sorry, this is, <laughs> I'm, I'm forcing yeah. you to answer a question that I'm asking myself now. So let's say that you voluntarily tomorrow left Sego. Okay. Do you have any idea what you would do next? No, I'm not sure. Um, I think I would, I'm not even sure if I would stay in, in games necessarily. I think I'd stay in doing product stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. It depends on the, the, the problem space. And if the problem's interesting, then I think that's what would draw me. I don't think it necessarily has to be in kids. Because I, I think part of my anxiety uh, has been like, I, you know me, I, I've, we've talked about this a lot, but I don't know if I'm a product guy, a growth guy, or a developer, or if I'm all three. And obviously I have pieces of all three, but it's like, where am I really uniquely? I know I'm not the best product guy. I know that like product is, is not my, but the fact that I understand growth and software development gives me this edge in product that I feel like a lot of people don't have because I'm so focused on um, growing these features or growing this or whatever, right? At least that's what I tell myself. So, but I'm looking around. So I was like looking at some jobs and I won't mention companies, but there's a few companies that have these really, I just love these companies. They're great companies. And truthfully, I want to apply as a developer at these companies. Like mm. I want to apply as a software developer. And I look at the requirements and I'm like, okay, I, I don't really know Vue or I don't really know um, Angular or whatever, but like I could pick that up. Like I'm, I'm pretty confident I could learn whatever framework they use. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then when I look at my resume, I'm like, I don't even know if I get past the first gate of this thing because I, I haven't shown pro, like programmer proficiency in maybe six years on my resume. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But in my spare time, I'm rebuilding <laughs> Shopify brick by brick for my friend who's in a gray industry who can't use Shopify. And it's like, so should I be talking about that? Like, should I be writing articles about how I'm actually building this really complicated e-commerce backend? And um, so that when I get into an interview, I can be like, oh, well, didn't you read my article about how I'm, you know, rebuilding, you know, like, yeah. and at the same time, though, that to me feels like, complete imposter syndrome because it's like well i don't know if this is any good or not like it works i don't know if my i don't know if it's beautiful i don't know if it's so um it's, it, it, it's funny though. I, I feel like your, your your brand it doesn't necessarily it's not something i think like you're gonna in an interview like hey hey check out this like article i wrote but it's something that people are gonna reach out to you yeah you, you know what i mean yeah, like you're you're more, you're more putting beacons out there that say like, hey, check out Ken Fenwick. Like I got, um, you're you're building your own spotlight in a way that people Am I will though? connect to you. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. I mean, I think that's being very charitable. Um, okay, here's an example. I'm gonna go out there and say that I do think I'm one of the top SEO people in Canada. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say that, and I'm confident okay. in that. Okay. Um just because of how long I've been doing it and I have a track record of success that I can point to. Sure. So, but if you, if you Google <laughs> SEO 
consultant. Like, like I haven't been trying to rank for these words. So like, part of me is like, I think that if, if I just, if I really wanted to have an amazing, like an amazing lifestyle and maybe decent money, I have no idea. Like if I was just like the SEO guy in the Toronto community that everybody went to, if they had an SEO question, that would be a really good gig. Like I could make a good money. I could be, I'd, I'd be a consultant. I'd be on my own time. Um, I'd probably write a book about SEO to earn some little residual income. Not like mm-hmm. a, not like not like a, a Nick book, but like an ebook or something like that. Um, that kind of distills all of my consulting knowledge. I would just put it in a book. And and there's part of me that's like I, I say that out loud, and I'm like, that sounds like a great idea, Ken. I think you just laid out a good strategy for yourself. Um, but when I think about the amount of work I would actually have to do, like, I don't know if I've really created that kind of a reputation for myself in Toronto. I don't think people know that I'm, um, one of the better SEO people in, in Toronto. So like if I wanted to actively build that brand, I would really have to dig into the douche bag, literally the bag of douchiness and, start talking about all these cool things that I've done and really start highlighting like, do you know what I'm saying? Which to me feels like a bridge too far. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know if I want to be that guy who's out there talking about how amazing I am at ranking. Like look where able cells was six months ago. And then I applied this formula and here I am like, that's a very, it's, it's hard to deny that. But at the same time, Mm -hmm. I feel very, I don't want to write that article. Yeah. But I, I feel like they're they're kind of different. Like I feel like you apply for a job, and you apply as say say a developer. Well, okay, this is another conversation I think. But like let's say you you apply as the growth person, you have your track record on your resume about all these growth things that you have done, be it like personal or side project that I feel like obviously immediately get you through that door. Like I think you know, yeah. Like I, I like like if someone like at Sago, we, we I'd be thrilled. Like if you if you worked at Sago, you know what I mean. Like any any kind of company worth its salt, they want like a growth person, and I feel like you've done it for a lot of credible places. Um, but but yeah, I I don't know if that like like how like how what 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 would be the playbook I guess for building that Kent Fenwick brand. And how do you think that kind of plays itself out? Do you think the brand gives you so much credibility that when you go into that room, everyone knows of Kent Fenwick already? Like you apply and I'm like, holy shit, like Kent Fenwick, he applied to, to, to this job. Like that's crazy. No, I, th- I think it's more like what you said before where you don't ever want to be in the situation where you're applying. Right. So, right. and again, I'm lucky in that I've already had, you know, great conversations with people. And, and I do to a certain degree have that where, people were reaching out after the news broke and, and yeah. So like, there's a sense of, okay, maybe you're right. Like maybe I do have more of that reputation already where, you know, in certain circles, like they know, oh shit, like Kent's on the market. Like let's talk to Kent. Um, Mm -hmm. but, But at the same time, I feel like it probably wouldn't take a lot more to make it that much stronger to the point where you, when you, you know, if you, if you do have to like, oh, let's say for whatever reason you left Sego or they leave you, um, you would just have a, like, it would not take you a lot of work to get to a point where 
you would have um like you, you would never have to interview for a job like you would never have to um like brandon like I, i'm sure if he were to leave shopify he would never have to even think about like um because he's he's just known as being a, a product leader he's just put he's or or he's essentially put enough of his thoughts out there. I, th- I think this is what I'm getting at. I think this is what the podcast is. The, the problem is there's only four or five people who will actually listen to us drone on for hours a week where it's like <clears throat> by putting more of yourself out there, even you putting this book out there, you're showing the mm-hmm. world a side of you that Sego knows, but very other people, a lot of other people don't know because they don't work with you every day. They don't talk to you every day. They don't share your mind every day. So what it's doing is it's a self-selection tool where, you know, let's say EA comes back and looks at your, at your blogger, a buddy of yours at EA, who's the, I don't know, head of product there or something. He's like, damn, Nick's talking a lot about kids. (laughs) He's talking a lot about work-life balance. He's talking a lot about how much he loves his daughter. Fuck man. We need, we need a grinder. Like I need someone who I can just work to the bone. I don't think that's Nick. And they just won't call you. Um, mm-hmm. whereas like somebody like, um, base who, you know, this boutique product management company who loves everything you're throwing out there is like, Oh my God, we, we need to talk to this guy and we need to do whatever we have to do to get him to join us because we really, we, he's put enough of himself out there that we're buying it. Like we want that, whatever he's selling, we want it. Like, um, and, and I just wonder yeah, if if it's for people in our position, is it always beneficial for us to be not, not for our next job, but just to, to really be like helping the world select, is this the person I want to be doing business with? Like, should we be putting more of our thoughts out there on a regular basis? I kind of, I kind of think so. I think the one um, downside is just, you know, even when writing writing this stuff, because I want to make this book and working on this blog, there is that tension of like, am I making this for me or am I making it for the masses? And if I'm writing this with the intention of like, Paul Graham is going to say like, oh man, Nick, this Nick guy is amazing. I think the writing would have changed. I think I probably wouldn't have gotten as graphic on some things as I did. Uh, and I think I might not have been as honest. Now, I feel like there's a balance of that personal integrity and the salesmanship of it all. And I find that's like a hard line to, to run. Um, like I think on this podcast, like, we're, we're generally pretty like honest and real. And I think that's good. Um, definitely like, I don't know, when, I'm, when I was writing even that thing about uh, screen time, I shared it with you, you know, like – I, I don't know, like I might offend some people at Sago, like, or I might offend certain people in the industry. I, I don't know, but it's just my honest, like kind of take on it. Um, But you, 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 the same thing could happen. Even you're talking about like growth stuff and you're writing these articles or talking about, um, you know, how like, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like the, how they did growth here or here was kind of shady, kind of black hat. And I think if I were to kind of do it all over again, I would do this. Like, you know, that, that's a very honest take on it, but I think you would maybe rub people the wrong way as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like you might, 
talk yourself out of a room that you would have been invited to before you even, um, uh, yeah. And, but, but, but yeah, I, I kind of personally, I kind of think it's more important to be real and honest. Um, and maybe this is, this is just really naive of me though. I, I feel like that is like when, as I say this, I'm thinking like my, my dad's voice is in my head and he's like, yeah, you're, you're an idiot. Like that's, that's like a stupid way to think about it. Um, <laughs> oh, you, you mean like you should be hiding a little, like you should be manipulating a little or. Yeah. Like I, I feel I, I feel, you go on social media, everyone's kind of hiding a little, right? everything's all like like rosy and happy and everyone's like you know talking about their successes or why this is amazing but um in, in some ways that's good in some ways that's what people kind of want to see they want to see like give me the resume the, the playbook of all the things that you've done well um do they really want to hear about me talking about trying to take a dump but keeping the baby at bay like i i, I don't know i'm not sure well, okay, like that, but that, I, I think cool. in, I think in your case though, what's 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 great about that though is the same thing that makes great stand-up comedians great, or com- like stand-up comedians only work when they tell when they say something that's true that nobody says, or at least for me that those are the best stand-up comedians. Like like Bill Burr, I find is so funny because he'll say stuff that I've thought, but I've thought. I can't let anybody know I think like this or they'll think I'm crazy. And then he goes out there in front of thousands of people and says, you ever get, yeah, 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 like you ever at Starbucks and you, and you see this and you, and you think to yourself, like, I just want to fucking, and you're like, yes, I, I have thought about that. And like, that's why it's so funny because he has the courage to go out there and say the stuff that you're not going to say, but you're thinking. And um, I think that, and then that's when you get those like crazy laugh reactions where you're like, Oh my God, like I'm not the only one. Like, like this is so funny. Like I, I, I've put my daughter on my lap while I took a shit too. Like, and I think that that's a, those are these connection moments where if you don't talk about stuff like that, then you're just this, like this, you're going to get lost in the sea of, of dad self help. Um, like, Go for sure. You know, go throw catch with your son, and the, here's how to here's how you can make your own ball to throw with your son. Like, um, like no one gives no one gives a shit about that. Like they want to know. Like, so here's here's when I thought I was gonna hit my kid, but I didn't. Like, yeah, um, that's a dark thing to say. And if you're a parent, you have had a moment where you're like, hmm, I should like in a in a in another time, um. <laughs> Like, I don't know what I would have done right now. Now I, I didn't and I won't, but man, like you just get that feeling where you're like, oh my God. And then you realize you have this darkness somewhere in there and you're like, Jesus Christ, that's really scary. And then you talk to your wife about it and she has the same feeling and you're like, oh, okay. Like where I'm not crazy. And then you talk to your friends and your other parents and you're like, oh, you've all been in this case. Okay. I'm not a psychopath. Oh, thank God. Okay. I thought I was a psychopath. Um, yeah. And, and I think that you, that's where, what I think is so cool about your project having nothing to do with Sego, really, even though I, I made a joke one time about how like this could fit into this huge narrative for you about being this like, you know, design kid focused um, kind of a guy. Let's say that you were still at EA and you wrote this book, like that actually gives you a ton of 
even more credibility because it's going to give people a window into who Nick really is. And that has nothing to do with what you do f- for money, like for your day job. And and like, and that's the thing I think with like, you have like passion projects and I don't know, even with this podcast, I don't know how this connects with anything, but I think it does add color when you are in the room and you're talking to someone about future employment or something, it adds color to you as a person. And, you know, like, like uh, I was talking about that Paul guy who is helping design um, the book. Right. Your book. Yeah. He, I think what said over the top for me with him is like, he made like a kid book for his son. And um, it was just for, I think it was like the alphabets or the numbers. I can't remember. And he had these illustrations with it, but it was really beautiful. and It was really nice. And um, when he talked to him, he's like, man, like, yeah, I worked on that. I made like no money. It, you know, it's, I just have a bunch of copies sitting on my, in my garage (laughs) kind of thing. And, but I feel like that put it over the top. For, for, for me. Yeah, because like it's like was, he, he yeah. shipped. Yeah, like he finished something. Like he, he completed it. He was like, he was a pro about it. And it, and it also looked really good too. Like it, it was, it was nice. It was well thought out. And, um, but for some reason, that was more interesting to me than all his other things on his, um, on his resume. Interesting. Um, well, in, in some ways, he worked at some like really, he worked at Frog. Like he worked at like some, a lot of really cool places, but he wouldn't have got, in the door if he didn't have a bit of that pedigree, right? Yeah, that's an interesting. Um, yeah, it's an interesting. And you're right. Like maybe we're not giving ourselves credit. Like maybe Able Cells and and this podcast is giving a, a halo around my my skill set that others just don't have. Um, and- Do you know how many random people? have reached out to me and i i've sometimes some of them i pass you i ask you questions about them they're like hey can i can you introduce me to that kent guy like i'm starting my own e-commerce thing and i i want to learn more about growth like i've had like at least like five people and i i didn't even bother telling you because i'm like i, I just don't I, I don't know i i just whatever i, I didn't think it would really pan out <laughs> to anything really um but but it's but it's interesting though like these are just random people who have never seen you known about you met you and they heard the podcast through me and they're like oh this kent guy he this is interesting i want to i want to learn more about this e-commerce thing or whatever um you know so it, it's interesting man like i, I but you, you don't you don't know like you don't know where this stuff is going to go it, it could go the other way and they're like oh man that kent guy he's an asshole like i yeah. kind of hate him yeah i'll never hear about that uh like they probably won't tell me um no, and yeah. and I remember um I won't mention the other person's name, but like when we were at, at Hubba, um Hubba is a very um it's a pretty uh, left leaning company and, and I'm a I'm a uh, I'm a liberal. Um but I have some you know, I have some center to right views on certain things that I, I'm sure like um like we were talking before uh, about like free speech. Like I'm, I'm a pretty big believer in free speech to the point of a lot of people might be like, well, really you'd let that guy talk. And I'm like, ah, I'd probably let that guy talk. Yeah. Um, and there's a, I think there's this, there's a, there's a freedom in being like, and, and 
I was sometimes I was worried about certain things that I would say and be like, shit, the wrong person hears this out of context. Um, you know, like that could be bad or or something like that. Even like with the podcast, like I do think we're exposing ourselves by doing this. Like we, even though we have five people listening, we are putting some truth of us out there that maybe didn't need to be out there. Like to your dad's point, like maybe you don't need to say that you, you know, took a shit while your daughter was sitting on your lap. Like we all know you did that. Everybody's done it, but you have to say it. You know, it's like, it's that whole like idea yeah. of like, you don't talk about sex. Cause like we, we know everyone's freaky. We know everyone's doing all this weird shit in there, but like, it's best if none of us talk about it, <laughs> you know, it'll just, yeah. it, it'll be a better society if nobody, if we just all assume that we're all doing the missionary position once a month. And um, <laughs> like, if we just all assume that that's what most people are doing, then fine. Then it just makes for a simpler life. Um, but I, I do anyway, I, I think, I think your, your point is interesting in that maybe I'm already doing this stuff and I haven't given myself the credit to say like this podcast could be what, what I'm already talking about. Like we are putting ourselves out there in a more raw form than, than a medium article ever could. Yeah. But let's be real, man. No one's going to try to, no one's going to spend 80 hours listening through all our podcasts to learn about us. You know what I mean? Okay. So if someone, if somebody was applying and they had a podcast, would you listen to it? If they got far enough where I thought they were really interesting. Yeah. I'd, I'd listen to it. Yeah, I'd listen to one episode. I think I would too. Yeah. Would you, um, would you ask them for their best episode or would you just pick an episode? I think I'd ask them for the best episode. I kind of hate when people ask me for the best episode because I don't really know which one. And then I feel there's a lot of pressure then. I'm like, oh, man, well, I, now you ask me for the best one. You're obviously going to judge this whole thing based off this one recommendation <laughs> here. Yeah. <laughs> That's so true. Um, yeah, I don't I don't like um, – I always go to imposter syndrome or the Jay-Z one. Those are, those are the two that I uh, – what would okay. Jay-Z do? I feel like is the one I've referred the most people to. Oh, nice. I, I actually don't know. I I think I'd let Apple decide and they had, uh, oh, this is the more more popular one. I'm like, yeah, just check this one out. I, I don't know. Apple does that? Um, I kind of, yeah, yeah. If you look at the podcast, the, uh, the podcast app, they'll tell you like which is the popular episode. No way. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I forgot which one they had here. Uh, look it up right now. I did not know that. Um, yeah, anyways, I, well, maybe, oh yeah, best of the podcast. So episode 33, project update plus goals plus WWDC or tales from the gig economy. That's what they say. Best of the podcast. I don't know how they measure that. Oh, but, but those are just our, those are like our most recent ones. No, no. Uh, project updates. And uh, goals in WWDC. That was episode 33. Oh, you know why? I'll bet you, you know what? I'll bet you it's because we are just growing listeners every week. So the, the last episodes will probably just be more popular Mm -hmm. because they're, because they are getting, technically they're getting more, more viewers or more listeners. So anyway, but, but back, back to this thing about brand building, I do think there's two, two types. I feel like there's passion project ones, which are like, 
I don't know how they connect, but I'm going to just do something that I think is kind of interesting and fun. Uh, and then there's ones that are intentionally for brand building, you know, and I feel like it, it's a lot of it is kind of like looking at um, like artists. And I don't really think we're really artists per se, but um, when when artists apply to Seiko and I look at their resumes, I I don't know. The, some of their things are interesting, but you kind of more look at their portfolio. You kind of look at like um, what's your style like? What other kind of interesting projects have you worked on? And I feel like that adds a lot of color to things. And sometimes they're just wildly different, but I think that's kind of cool. Um, versus like another more focused approach would be someone who's writing from the perspective of them being an expert in this field, even if they're not an expert in this, you know, and but they're, they're writing as if they are an expert and they're building kind of credibility and cachet that way. And I feel a lot of people do that as well. Okay. And, um, and you, so let's dig on that. Cause part of me, um, feels like maybe the reason why you don't talk more about product is that you do have some lingering imposter syndrome where you don't feel like you're the right person to be talking about it. Yeah, probably for sure, man. Um, like a couple of weeks ago, I gave a talk at like the university of Washington and uh, I don't know, like I gave a talk, I talked about like designing stuff for kids and I thought it went well. And, but I, you know, even while I'm speaking about it, I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like a lot of these things you just kind of internalize, like you've been doing this for a while and you just, you know, isn't this obvious? Like, am I even telling you anything you don't know? Like, um, I'm, I'm, this is definitely not me like designing like a spacecraft that's going to Mars. Like I'm just making like an app, like, you know, and I don't think it is anything kind of particularly special. Um, but maybe that's just me being like, um, not necessarily humble about it, but, um, almost like, yeah, I guess part well, no, no, but no, but I think there's a, there's another thing at work there where it's like you're, it's the ignorant expert paradox or something where you, it's so easy for you because you are such an expert that you think that it's common knowledge, but it's not, it's only common knowledge because it's common knowledge for you. Yeah, and and I I I realize that I think a little bit like anyone in our space, anyone who works at Sego. Like if I kind of gave that talk, a lot of them would be like, yeah, obviously, right? Because um, a lot of them they make stuff, they internalize it. Everyone kind of knows, and we're around kids all the time. But if I gave that same talk to let's just say Alicia, who works at the hospital, it would probably be like, whoa, this is really weird and different. Just as no, if we talk about like how people triage in the hospital, I'd be like, whoa, like I'd find that would probably blow my mind, right? Right. Whereas for her, it's like, well, um, obviously, and it's like, no, and not because yeah. it, well, and like, I, I, I remember feeling like this with the whole crypto thing where, um, I had probably spent five hours more reading about it than the average person, but that gave me mm-hmm. some informational advantage where people were asking me questions, and I was like, oh, you actually don't know the answer to this, like. This is, it's not hard for you to figure this out. Like, you can just, I just read these like five articles here. Like, and they're like, I don't want to read them. Just tell me, like, tell me, yeah. like, give me the highlights. And it's funny. It's reminding me of this thing that I've been meaning to try for Able Cells. And I feel like it's potentially the lowest hanging fruit that I have from a, from a, a marketing perspective is I consume a lot of podcasts and um, articles about nutrition every week, just my own interest that I'm interested in. And I don't send them out to 
like able cells customers, because in my head, I'm like, they already know all this stuff. Like they're, if, if you're buying this stuff from me, you're as into this stuff as I am. So mm-hmm. what happened was though, I kind of tested it where I was having a back and forth with someone who had some questions and I was like, oh, well, surely. And I wasn't even trying to be a dick. Like I literally was like, well, if, you, if you're into the, if you're buying, if you've spent $600 on my, from, on my store, surely you have heard about this person. And I just dropped like the, the name of a, of a, of a doctor who's really big in this space. And she wrote back mm. and was like, oh my gosh, like I hadn't heard of this guy. And I just listened to this podcast and like, have you heard this? Have you heard this? Like, this is crazy. Like, how did I not know about this? And it's like, oh my God, I'm so immersed in this that I don't even realize that it's interesting. And I probably should try sending out, hey, here's five things I read this week that I thought were interesting. That's it. Don't have to add mm. commentary. Don't have to pretend like I'm some expert poking holes in it, just literally like, hey, out of all the 5,000 things that got published this week, here's the five that I think are actually worth reading. Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I feel like that is a no, it's like a gift to, to my to my customers if, they, if they're interested, obviously, in, in receiving it. Um, like, and I feel like that's where you're probably at with this, with designing for kids where there are, there's probably such low hanging fruit that you don't even realize that people like me who have been in product teams a lot, who have, I mean, we went to the same school. We learned a lot about user-centered design and prototyping and testing. And like, I'll bet you there are things that are so obvious to you that I would have no, I'd be like, what you guys do that? Or like, that's not ethical or you're not, you can't do that. Or you can, you know, I I have no idea. Um, And, but that's where part of me is like, you should be talking about that stuff. Yeah. And so <laughs> when I started looking at the Brandon Chu stuff, um, I was like, yeah, eh, okay. It's pretty good. Um, some things like, I'm like, that was really interesting. Some things I'm like, that's very obvious. Or like, I do this on every, we do this every day. Like, um, and I'm like, maybe I should like start talking about product more. Um, and not so much from the angle of self-promotion, even though that probably would come with it, but it's the angle of like being able to effectively learn, learning how to effectively communicate this stuff. Yeah. Like, like Um, distilling your thoughts on a topic. Yeah. Like even if it's at the very least, even just for me to have like this body of, um, writing, that at the end of like a year, I can look back and say like, oh, that was really cool. Like it, now I have this and I can send it out to the world. And, um, but it's distilling down my thoughts on like, say product management or running um, uh, like agile teams or whatever at, at Sago and how do, and it's, it's almost like I'm putting this in a place where if someone were to, if, if I want to hire somebody to take my, take over my job, what they they can look at this and they can use this as like a bit of like a playbook. This is basically me writing Google Docs, but putting it out um, for everyone to see. Yeah. Um, and in a in in like a Sago centric way, it's also good because the bigger my brand gets, the bigger Sago's gonna Absolutely. get. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, okay. You know, but, so, so, but let, let's pull on that because, like, why? Um, like. 
I've had this idea and obviously I've had a lot of time to just think about what's next for me. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm reminded of this great quote by one of my favorite, uh, authors that I reread a lot. This guy, Nassim Taleb, I've talked about him a lot, probably on the podcast, his new book, um, it's called skin in the game. And it's all about these kind of hidden asymmetries in life that we don't notice. Like the fact that, you know, only 5% of the world is kosher or something, but so many of the things we drink are kosher because if you're not kosher, it doesn't matter if it's kosher or not, but if you are kosher, it does matter. So then like a very small group of people can have a huge impact on how the rest of us drink our beverages, even though we might not even know about it. Like Coca-Cola is kosher and like, anyway, really interesting little, little things like that and how, um, but he has this whole chapter on, on, um, dogs and wolves and how dogs are our company men, you know, like they're, they're domestic, they get the paycheck and they, they get fed every night and they, every, every week you spend a, for every week you spend as a dog, you, you forget what it's like to hunt. So all dogs are started off as wolves and then, um, through domestication, even if you let a dog free into the woods, they'd come right back to the house and, and eat the next day. Right. So mm. whereas like there are some people who are just wolves and you can't put them in a job, they are unemployable. They are like, they would be terrible employees and they're the ones who are the entrepreneurs who are out there creating the jobs they're hunting. Um, and then you've got this weird mix where you've got a wolf who acts like a dog, but in, in, deep down they're really a wolf. So if they had to, they could go out and hunt, but they kind of like, you know, the social aspect of eating with, with the group of humans. And I've always been trying to place myself in one of those three categories. And I think that I'm probably more of a dog than I want to admit because everybody wants to be a wolf. If you ask, if you ask people, they want to be wolves. Nobody wants to be a domesticated dog, but their actions Mm -hmm. speak louder. And most people are in fact, actually dogs in his model. Um, Mm. and anyway, where I'm going with all this though, is that the, all these little things like you're saying of like, of, okay. So, so one of the questions I've talked a lot of, I've I've asked myself is like, would my memoirs at age 33 be an interesting read? So if I wrote about all the fucking missteps I've made in the startup world, like, starting my own companies, moving to San Francisco, getting money, losing money, um, like failing, then going to Top Hat, then going to Tilt, then that hub and that, like having my side projects, like would this be an interesting book to write? And every time I think about doing it, I realize that if I actually wrote it to sell the book, I think it would be terrible. I think it'd be an awful book. But if I just wrote it mm-hmm. for like my, my kids or for myself, where I could be like, what did I learn from Naked Guru? What did I learn from Viewpointer? What did I learn from Top Hat? What did I learn from Vwin Junkie? Um, mm-hmm. I think that there's a huge benefit to just writing it for yourself, like you did with with your Abbey book. But then in some weird way, that could actually make it very commercial and saleable to other people as well, because you wrote it with only yourself in mind. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, 
Yeah, and 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 to that to to like I don't know if people are gonna buy like necessarily the Kent Fenwick uh, memoirs, but they'll buy it if it's framed as the narrative of developing as a growth person. Right. Yeah. No. No. I would. I wouldn't be so egotistical to say like the Ken Fenwick story, but it's like, you know, basically the <laughs> yeah. like here's what one idiot learned in 15 years of doing startups. Um, mm-hmm. And, but but kind of tying it back to the to the kind of wolf thing, where whatever you are, whether you're a wolf, whether you're a dog, whether you're like a, a wolf that acts like a dog. What what I th- what you said, which I think is so important, is like if you can document that stuff, it you can get the you can get the benefits of being at the company. Like, there's no doubt that your creativity is amplified by Sego. Like, if you were a hired gun, if you were even um, you know, like our buddy Yanchip Chase, and when he was out on his own for a while there's no doubt that you get amplified at the right company. Like your ideas actually get, get funding and you can influence other people and you can influence how they think about product and how they think about design. And like, whereas if you were by yourself, you, you just don't have that same impact. So there's nothing wrong with the company. What's that? The company gives you that. Exactly. And gives you the, the learnings and all that. So like the, there's nothing wrong with like being a dog but by doing those other things, you're kind of like you're, you're you're remembering what it's like to hunt. I feel like that's like the equivalent of hunting, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that like if you um, did find yourself in the middle of like, so let's say the worst case scenario where you, you know, you you're in the middle of nowhere and you don't have any food anymore and you, you're not getting fed, um, you have the ability to hunt very easily. And I feel like someone like you, you'd never have a problem if you, you know, if it turns out that Sego is actually one giant Ponzi scheme and all the money is going into some crazy crypto investment and the whole company folded up in a week. Um, you, I have no doubt you wouldn't have trouble finding a job, but like there's, there's these things you could probably be doing that would just make that a non, you know what I'm saying? Like there's a, and I guess, I'm I'm reflecting on this because I'm like, man, why wasn't I just talking about like I should have been documenting this SEO journey I've gone through on Able Cells. Like if I had have just shown you, hey, I started off at 57 and now I'm seventh, and here's how I did it. Um mm-hmm. like that would give me more clout in the SEO world in you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, hundred percent, man. And uh and but it, yeah, um and that's, that's why I think it's just it is a good exercise in just kind of documenting and and writing it down for even if it is just yourself and you know like the the brand true stuff I don't want to say like I uh, his stuff is beneath me is totally not like I I learned stuff reading his 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 uh, his articles they're they're really good but you you read it and anyone who's done product you can totally relate and you can get it and you can see it but in some ways I'm like if anyone who's worked in product, they could probably write that, but being able to effectively communicate it is very hard. And I think he does a really good job of that. Um, But that's also, I think in this analogy of like being a wolf or a dog, like he, he, he's, 
he's telling he's putting a beacon out there that I'm a leader in the product right. space by writing writing about this. Um, and everyone who's reading it, who works in product, who totally relates and understands, they're, they they suddenly become the dog. Mm, interesting. Okay. Like it's just someone has decided to grab the flag and say like, okay, I'm going to – no one's writing about this stuff. I feel like there's value in people hearing about it. So I'm going to just grab the flag and I'm going to do it. Um, you know, I, I looked at his his followers. He has like 10,000 followers or something on Medium. We have like six, 700. Um, you know, there's a, it's a big gap. <coughs> there's people who probably have like two followers and they're looking at us and we're – and I'm like – it's probably bots like the other 698. That's the difference between me and like the guy who has two followers. But, um, but yeah, I, I just do feel like someone needs to, it's just a matter of like grabbing that flag and, and saying like, okay, I'm just going to, once you start writing about it, you become this perceived expert anyway. So here, here might be like a, yeah. here might be a, like a thought experiment. What if you woke up tomorrow and somebody else in this industry was writing about kid like designing games for kids would you feel a pang of jealousy no i feel like there's probably if i look there's probably a ton of people who who are doing there's just people who do this but they won't have like i i feel like that you can always carve out a space you know, you know what i mean like even in the seo game there's enough people who write about seo oh yeah right um but if you write about it, there's going to be people who follow them and follow you. They're, you're you're still putting your stake in the ground and saying like, well, that that's cool. This person's writing about this, but I'm writing about this. We're in the same restaurant. We're both writing about food. But if you want to just kind of uh, buy my product, then that's that's up to you. That's like actually it, a really refreshing. I think I think we gotta like. Well, I mean, we can end on. I, I don't know. I might even say we we end on this. That's actually a really refreshing take, and I think that sometimes when you're in this mode, you know, where I'm, you know, like I'm thinking of what's next and you can trick yourself into this like scarcity mindset where it's, it's this like zero sum game that, you know, if, if I'm not the best SEO consultant in Toronto, well then I'm no, but like, you know, it's like, I'm, um, I I've got to be the best. And if, if somebody else is getting hired, then that's my money that I could be making. And I feel like that's a very consultancy kind of mindset where you're always thinking of like, mm-hmm. where, like if you, if you lost the contract and somebody else won, or if you, if you didn't get the chance to bid, then somebody else did. So clearly you have this, like this mindset of, of, um, there, there's only so much money out there and I need to get as much of it as that I can. That would be like the greedy consultant mindset. Right. But I think what you've kind of, what you highlighted here, I think is so important to think about. It's like, there's always going to be different ways of saying the same thing. So you could probably take, like, if you wanted to get started writing about product, you could probably take every article that, that Brendan wrote and write it your way. Like take every topic he wrote about, and then you write about it. Same topic. And I'll bet you it comes out radically different. And I'll bet you that a lot of people would prefer yours to his or vice versa and whatever, like, or they'd read both because they want to read everything about product yeah. they can. That's a really good point. Yeah. Well, it's because people are, people follow you, not 
they a for the topic for sure, but then really they follow you for your your voice and your um, at least in writing. I assume they follow you because of your voice and your honesty, your you know the 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 Kent that comes through is who who they're they're actually following. I I I feel like I used to kind of think that there was ideas and things were super precious. And I have come to realize that it's, it's really not like, you know, people would come in for like, say, um, I don't know, guests coming to Sego and I'm like, Oh, maybe we shouldn't show this app. We shouldn't put it on the screen or people are going to see it, but really it doesn't matter because like, if I told you we are making an app about tobogganing or something, it's just going to be vastly different if we do it versus if you did it, if you went and outsourced it and you, you took the same spec doc, it would just come out as a completely different product. And I think that that's cool. Like there's enough, like if you look at like um, flappy birds or endless runners or those kind of like games, like these genres, essentially like kind of small genres of games, like they're crowded. There's a lot of people who do it, but some still rise to the top and some gravitate to the ones that don't have a lot of the spotlight, you know, like people, you're always going to have an audience. I think, I hope. Hmm. Yeah. That's really interesting. Well, should we we button this up? Yeah, let's button it up. I'm going to stop it. And uh, do you want me to edit? I got a million ways to get it. Choose one. Choose one. Hey, bring it back. Bring it back. Now double your money and make it stack. I'm on to the next one.